0: Well, hello again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Earl Time Podcast. This is episode number ten, but number two in 2024. And I uh, hope everybody's enjoying the first of the new year, and as well. And I hope everybody is being safe out there. Of course, uh, we're getting some pretty bad weather coming our way, or already here in the, the state of Missouri, and uh, I know it's affected the, the schedule on a lot of different games and tournaments around the state. So let's hope everybody is uh, being safe out there, so you can enjoy these great high school and college games being played around the state and of course that gives me more to talk about when we have games here so uh, looking forward to uh, the 2024 portion of the season uh it's going to be a lot of fun it's going to be a lot of excitement of course we're just right around the corner from uh, uh district play which will be at the end of february and of course into march madness and of course we'll be bringing you all of that coverage and uh, all of my thoughts uh, about those exciting games here on the earl time podcast uh, obviously before we get started a couple of things. 1st like to thank my sponsor, TW Constructors, for their support for the Real-Time Podcast, my friend Todd Weaver, who uh, just does a tremendous job in the community. And of course, I always appreciate his support. And always, I'd like to thank the very young and talented Richard Austin Jr., who's the producer of the Earl Time podcast, does a great job. And, of course, he has his own YouTube channel. He goes by King Bling. If you enjoy the games, he's got over 8,000 subscribers and counting. So uh, if you enjoy the games, uh, get over and uh, support his YouTube channel as well. He's very talented, very personable, and uh, you'll be entertained as well. So what we're going to do now, uh, we did get a chance to look at a couple of uh boys' tournaments, which I got a chance to look at, and a couple of girls' tournaments, and then we're going to talk about some good college athletes from the state of Missouri who are making it happen at the Division I ranks. That's going to be what we're going to talk about, and we're going to first start with the boys' action around the state, and uh, one of the first tournaments, a tournament I kind of like to look at is the Kaminsky Classic, which takes place in Joplin, Missouri, and one of the reasons why I enjoy watching the Kaminsky Classic, it's it's kind of a, a good mix of teams from around the state. They do an excellent job. I think there's four, they get teams from like four part, different parts of the state. They get teams from St. Louis metropolitan area. They'll have teams from Kansas city area. They get a team from the Southeast part of the state and which was a popular bluff. Then of course teams from right in that Southwest Missouri area. William Christman was from the Kansas city area, Poplar bluff from the, uh, Semo Francis Howell and uh, Union. Um, from the St. Louis Metro and Union, of course, in Franklin County. And then low, kind of semi-local teams with obviously the Joplin, Eagles, Webb City, Carl Junction, the Osho from right there in the area. So it's, it's a good mix and a good chance to see a lot of different teams from around the state of Missouri. In this game, in this uh, tournament, the championship came down to uh, Francis Howell taking on Poplar Bluff. And uh, the Francis Howell Vikings, it was a close game at halftime. And then the Vikings just kind of blew things open and uh, uh, second half, third quarter in particular, and uh, came away with a very comfortable victory to win the championship. Randis Hollis kind of uh, won a few of these Kaminsky Classics. Uh, they've taken some very good teams down to Joplin over the years, and this is another good one as well. They have a good group of guys, a lot of underclassmen. Uh, they're, one of the top players is Will Paulson, a six foot six inch junior forward. He's a transfer from Chaminade. He's a young man. He averaged 20 points a game in the tournament. He's an excellent all-around offensive player you know he can step out and he's shooting three-point shots stretching the defense with the pick and pop he's very good around that basket he was crashing the offensive glass and he did a nice job defensively uh, he protected the rim had a couple of nice block shots coming over from the weak side and uh, uh he's one of the best players in the Saint Charles area in that air uh, that impact player and uh, really coming into his own they have a young man named Jeremiah Paniwatz who's a six- foot senior guard who's a very very good, penetrating. Uh, got a nice little mid-range pull-up jump shot. He was their leading score, one of their leading scores last year, and doing an excellent job this year. Another transfer, De'Anthony James. From the smat six foot sophomore guard brings a lot of quickness and speed, good defensively. Really gets out in the open court. He can go coast to coast in a blur, and uh, really provides a lot of uh, juice in that Francis Howell backcourt. And a young man who's, who's been impressive as well. You know him from the football field. His name is Jude James. He's six two senior forward. He's at, he's of course he's a member of that state championship football team from last season as well, and he's headed to the University of Missouri. He's an excellent two-way performer in football, and he's part of Dre Drinkwitz's excellent recruiting class. Well, he's a very solid athletic forward here, really gets on the glass, gets the loose change on the offensive boards, a uh, good athlete, uh, gives him a lot of, uh, you know, just activity and athleticism, of course. And, of course, his dad, Dee, a hell of a musician with the dirty mugs. If you haven't seen them, one of the best local bands in St. Louis, shout out to and uh, James as well. Poplar Bluff out of the southeast Missouri. Finished second at a strong tournament. And they, I've watched him a couple of times. They've done a pretty good job this year. Coach Durden has a pretty nice group. They finished third place in the SEMO tournament in Dece- early December. And he's got a good balanced offense. Brendan Durden, I believe his son, is a 6'1 junior who can really shoot it from three-point range. Has a nice step back uh, and can shoot it from deep, well behind the three-point line if you leave him open. Preston Moore is a versatile 6'4 forward. Can drive the ball at you draw fouls, and he can also step out and shoot it from three-point range. They have another senior named Isaiah Neville, a 6'1 guard who can create off the bounce, uh, shoot the three-point shot. He has a nice step back as well, and uh, does a nice job of just kind of creating space for himself to get off his jumper. He's a left-handed kid. And uh, Landon Webb, young man to watch in the future. He's a 5'9 freshman. He got inserted into the game, I think, The third quarter, I believe it was. But when he got into the game, he wasn't scared. He immediately, in his first touch, drained a 22-footer from three-point range. Then he got a rebound in traffic. Then he knocked down a little runner on the baseline. But one hand, I think he scored six or seven points in that little stretch there. Kind of got his team of my competitive, but I was impressed with, you know, as a freshman in a championship game playing against all these underclassmen, the moment wasn't too big. He did a very nice job, so Landon Webb, a young man to watch for the future in the SEMO area. In the third place game, it was uh, William Chrisman out of Kansas City, defeated Union. For third place, and uh, William Chrisman has a uh, a young man I really like, enjoy watching playing. His name is Leo Gaiman. He's a six six four. He's just a junior, and he had twenty two points in this game. And he's very his his fundamentals are are, are flawless. I mean, he pass the ball, catch it well, finds cutters uh, from the high post. They find him cutting to the basket. He'll catch it in the low post and he'll pass it out of double teams. Hits people in the shooting pocket ready to score. And he can score himself. He's got good footwork around the post. He's got a nice spin dribble off the bounce if he drives it from the high post. And he'll stretch the D from three-point range. He's just enjoyable to watch. And of course, his older brothers Clay and Dalton were star players out of Nevada High School and led Nevada on some district championship runs uh, during their careers as well. And Leo is the third and a very talented player in his own right. A couple of good guards I liked from uh, William Crispin as well. Trey Taylor, a six-foot senior. Uh, had a good tournament. He's been a starter ever since his sophomore year, really provides some outside shooting, good quickness, penetrate as well. And Trey Williams, a 6'1 junior, did an excellent job. I think he had 10 points in that championship game. He was very good going to the basket, knocking down medium-range jump shots and runners and getting to the basket with his speed. Union, a young man uh, named Ozzy Smith, who we talked about, of course, from the Borgia tournament, can really score from three-point range, really attack the ball. Got to the free throw line as well. In the fifth place game, it was two rivals going at it. These two teams always put on a good show when they play each other. It was Web City defeating Joplin. And Web City always, hey, they have a nice three headed offensive uh, monster at the guard positions. Baron Duda is their top player. He's a 6'3 senior. And, uh, He's a three-level scorer. He's got good size at 6'3", as we talked about. Shoots it from deep range, but he can get inside the lane. He can uh, pivot. On the post and uh, hit medium-range jump shots and score around that basket. Then uh, he's a very good offensive player. He's been like doing it for Web City for the Cardinals since his sophomore year. He's got a couple of very talented junior guards to support him as well. Eli Pace is an excellent guard as well. Uh, really uh, good court vision, finds the open man, but can really get in the lane and uh, make music with that with that dribble as well and score around that post area uh, off the dribble. Of course, Barron and Eli play for my buddy Jordan Burton on the Missouri 66ers during the summer. Underrated players, but very good. And Holton Keith is the other guard, a 6'1 junior guard uh, who's very good, very slick with the basketball. Can get in the lane. It's hard to keep him out of the lane. He can hit you with the hezzy frees you up and he can also just blow by you and just continually keeping defenders off balance as well getting into the lane and if he can shoot it and then he can also slip a nice dime to an open teammate as well. I like these three players and they do a good job for Web City. Joplin uh, they were led and scored in this game by a young man named Brecken Green, who's just a sophomore, six-foot guard. He had 19 and really shot the ball well from three-point range. Did an excellent job as well, moving without the ball, getting to the open spots. Collis Jones is a six-three junior, athletic. Really did a nice job getting to the basket as well. He can also shoot it from three if left open. And Whit Hafer is kind of a big, musky, big kid inside. Good football player. I don't know if he's going to Missouri. I think. He's a big tight end. Of course, his dad, Jeff Hafer, played at the Missouri, University of Missouri for Norm Stewart, was a athletic guard, and Witt is a big physical 6'7", power forward uh, around that basket, really controlled the glass inside at both ends. In the, last pl- in the seventh place game, Carl Junction defeated uh, Neosho. A couple of young players want to highlight, both sophomores for Carl Junction, Cooper Verdez was a, a guard. Uh, did a nice job shooting the ball quickness, strong kid, too, getting to the basket. And it, it, he's one of many, many underclassmen for Carl Junction. They were putting a lot of sophomores out there on the court. And the Yosho has a young man named Caden Asbury, who's was a six-foot uh, point guard. I saw him during the summer at one of our prep hoops events. At the, He was playing for Missouri Legacy, and uh, I'm very impressed with him because he can create off the dribble, and he can also shoot the ball well. He really shot it well in a couple of games. At the tournament. So that's a look at what was going on at the Kaminsky Classic in Joplin. And we're going to take you closer to the middle of the state here. We're going to add a chance to watch a bunch of games at the Salisbury Tournament. They play at the Salisbury Dome. I'm just watching them. It's a nice atmosphere. This has to be a place in early January I'm going to have to try to get to in live because uh, I watch it on tape. I watch the games on uh, midvid.com. And, of course, it's one of the better uh, uh, networks. There's so many good networks, as I talked about, that the Highlight High School school kids with their coverage and their broadcast. And Midvid is one of my favorites. I like uh, Chick Miller, Drew Tully do a great job. And, of course, my man David Gaines, who's a native of St. Louis, and uh, does a great job. So he's, he's got great phrases, especially when he talks about the bumpity-bump defense as well on that. And uh, uh, they called all the games and uh, the championship game. Came down to two teams that are rivals, very close to each other, and two good teams, great programs. Salisbury over defeated Glasgow to win the championship, and these are two teams that are no stranger to success. Salisbury, of course, won the Class II state championship last year, and they finished second three years ago. And they've got Ken Wyatt is a, a Hall of Fame coach and then with over seven 800 wins, and Glasgow's a program that's been great in Class One for decades as well. So they're close, and, of course, they played a very competitive game. Salisbury ended up winning by about 10 or 12 points, but I think Glasgow got up on him early and made it a very competitive game, but I think uh, uh, Salisbury's size probably warmed down a little bit. Of course, Cooper Francis, one of the best 2A players, small school players in the state, and you had 25 points. He's a six four left-handed, athletic, do-it-all performer. You know, if he's not scoring, he's diamond up kids for teammates for easy baskets, he's rebounding, he can facilitate, kind of does it all, and he did it all in this game. He got plenty of help from uh, inside from Mason Stapleton, a 6'4", senior forward, big, strong, physical young man. He had 16 points in the game, good footwork. He had the up-and-unders going, drawing contact, getting to the line, getting and ones, and really kind of controlling the paint with his scoring. And he also had a good good, uh, front-court partner, and Hayden Wooldridge, who's a 6'6 senior forward who's kind of more the finesse big on that team. He can score inside with his size, but he really has that nice 10 to 12 foot jump shot on lockdown. They penetrate and he'll just step out 15 feet and he'll hit it from the headed from the baseline especially or from the elbow. It's very good from doing that. So Salisbury a team that's definitely going to be a threat once again the repeat in class two, I believe they're I think they're still number 1 in the latest Missouri Basketball Coaches Association poll. Very good team. Glasgow is a very good team, too, in class one. And, uh, of course, they have one of the best players in small school basketball in Jordan Femmler, a six-foot senior. He's a four-year starter. Of course, he started his career at Higby on a Final Four team, and uh, he's been at Glasgow the last couple of years. Not only is he a bucket from three levels, but he can also pass the ball really uh, uh, unselfish and get the ball to his teammates in advantageous positions. Young man I was impressed with also is Jack and Meyer, a 6'3 sophomore. He was a starter as a freshman on last year's Final Four team and he was primarily a, a three-point shooter. Spaced the court, just step out because he had some other weapons too and not only he could still shoot the three but he's showing some more uh parts to his game, which I was impressed with. He was posting up a little bit, getting to the basket off the dribble, not afraid to attack, so adding those elements to his three-point shooting, he's going to make him an even more potent high school player as his career progresses. Inside, they have a young man named Preston Theis, or Theis a 6'3", six-three, six-four senior, who's kind of their solid rebounder, set screens, score around the basket when he gets the ball, open spots, but just kind of does a lot of the, the grunt work inside that that coaches appreciate and helps teams win. So let's look at the championship game. In the third place game, it was South Shelby defeating Cairo, Northeast Cairo for third place. South Shelby has a very a good backcourt, which uh really played well, especially in the second half. Bryce Egan, a junior, and Preston Elson, a junior, both about five nine, five ten, both scored fifteen points and really is the Got the games when the game started getting more of a up-tempo full-court game. That's when you saw these two young men really start to excel. Got out on the break, scored in transition, created some steals, and uh, really opened up the lead for South Shelby. The Cardinals also had another young man named Noah Will, the six-one junior, kind of a guard, but really good at slashing at the basket making moves from the high post area and uh, scoring inside. k a team that's been very good in recent years as well, and they just keep talent going as well. I got a 6'4 sophomore named Sean Lukey, I think is their next real good standout player. Six-four, long, left-handed young man. He was scoring around the basket in the first half. Did a good job. But then in the second half, he started to unleash the barrage of three-point shots. He had three in a row, which cut like a 17-point depth, like a six. 16- 15, 16-point deficit to six and kind of got the, think, got the crowd going a little bit. So this young man that I think has got a pretty good future when you can score around that paint like that and then step out and shoot it, big lefty, doing a nice job, nice shooting by Sean Lukey. And then his, I believe his brother, Logan Lukey, he's also left-handed. He's a good point guard, really passes the ball well, kind of keeps it moving, and it can also shoot it as well. Two final teams uh, in the fifth-place game, Carrollton defeated Meadville. Carrollton, was led by a young man named Kane Gibson, who scored 20 points in the fifth place game. Very smooth guy, had some nifty passes, kind of slashed to the basket, took his time, also hit a little jump shot and Meadville was led by Reese Myers, I believe a junior, an underclassman scored 16 points as well. So let's look at the Salisbury Tournament Boys Division. Of course I'll have the girls in a few minutes as well, that was very exciting as well. A couple of tournaments that went on right here in St. Louis, which I had a to watch on the stream as well the championship games at least in the Limburg tournament it was a uh, host Limburg defeating eureka that score was 48 to 41 and Limburg is having an outstanding season this year kind of quietly has been one of the top teams in class six they're now 14 and two got to look at them at the coaches versus cancer uh, tournament in the and during my holiday tournament tour, they finished fifth place in that. And they have one of the best big men in the state and Quinn Sunderland. He's six ten senior. He's a four-year starter. He's one of the best shot blockers in the state. Yeah, really does has good timing and good length. But he also offensively, he's very good as well. good More of a finesse, but could score around that basket and could step out and, and knock down jump shots as well. And we talked about Zach Goss, the point guard, six foot senior who's really emerged as one of the better guards uh, and has really helped take them to another level. In this game he was in a little bit of foul trouble but he still had about 9 points and the young man that stepped up uh, big for them yesterday was a sophomore named Alec Hessler a 6'3 forward who scored 11 points and uh, had some big baskets in them to kind of keep Eureka at bay. Eureka of course is a team that won a district championship of course they're led by a coach Austin Kirby who's done an excellent job as well along with his dad Rick Hall of Famer as his assistant. They play just sticky, in-your-face, man-to-man defense at all times and really keeps them in uh, games. And, of course, they have one of the better point guards in St. Louis in Mason Dunlop. He had 19 points yesterday. He's a good creative scorer who can also pass the ball as well. Uh, He's been good for three years and has helped win a lot of games for Eureka over the years. And there's another young man named Jackson Jokers, the 6'5", 6'6", forward. He made the all-tournament team as well. Very good player inside and out. Another big tournament is the Rotating 8 tournament, and it goes in different... Different it rotates to different venues over the course of the week, and the championship game was at uh, Fort Zumwalt West, and it was Vianney defeating Principia. So it was a really good big school, Metro Catholic team against a really good small school. Uh, Metro League team and this time it was the Metro Catholic that won out and pretty easily 70 to 46 uh, Luke Walsh the six-one guard had 26 points but the young man that's really um, starting to emerge as one of the best players in the state and uh, it's fun to watch too is a young man named Simon Gah a seven-three sophomore who came in uh, is from Africa he started last year but he was just kind of feeling his way around you could see some athleticism he'll block a shot here and there and just kind of be you know use its size to kind of you have a presence, but now this year it's more than a presence. The last week or two you can see him starting to emerge as a, a force. I kinda start to I started to see it uh when I was at the coaches versus cancer in the third place game, of course. Uh they played Columbia Hickman and this is a game where the star players, Luke Walsh and Eddie Smidge, did not play in the game. So this game Simon had a little foul trouble. You saw he hit twelve points, about eight rebounds, but he started blocking shots and being more assertive and I think that game kind of the bell kind of rang and it was kind of a shot across the bow because since then uh, against Whitney Young at the Highland shootout he had 20 points and about 8 or 9 rebounds uh, Game in the semifinals against Clayton he had 32 points and last night in, or just say Thursday night against Principia he had 14 points and 7 rebounds I mean he's just doing catching, dunking running the court finishing around the basket just a much improved player and his emergence makes Vianney an even more Uh, dangerous team to watch in class five as well so let's look at some of the boys action that we watched uh, throughout the week and of course i'll pick it up with the girls but first we have a a word from prep hoops basketball season is here, and if you want the best statewide coverage, check out our websites, Prep Hoops Missouri and Prep Girls Hoops Missouri. Whether it's in the big cities or small towns or Class 1 all the way up to Class 6, our Prep Hoops websites will cover the action on a year-round basis with evaluations and player rankings, and make sure to take advantage of our special deal where you can get 30% off your first subscription. Just enter EarlTime30 in the coupon code and get your discount and follow the great players of the Show Me State. If a kid's got game, Prep Hoops and Prep Girls Hoops Missouri has as your name get your subscription today uh, welcome back to the Earl time podcast of course we're talking high school basketball from around the state and we're gonna go back to Salisbury Missouri for the tournament back to the dome and this time we're going to talk about the girls and uh, they had a good uh, tournament as well and you have two powerhouse programs beating in the championship game for the second consecutive year it was Meadville Defeating South Shelby 49-44 in the championship game. It was a rematch of last year's team game. And uh, two teams that want to do business in state once again. Meadville, of course, won the state championship in Class 1 last year in undefeated season and South Shelby got to the quarterfinals last year, and then they were a a state finalist in 2022. So these are two programs that know a lot about winning basketball games. It was a good game. Uh, South Shelby really went out to an early advantage as well, and Meadville kind of slow-walked them down, got ahead, and then they kind of spread the court. When they get the lead with those three outstanding guards, they can just spread the court a little bit, no clock, and then get to the basket and make it very tough on defensive teams. Of course, Steve Carvajal has his two daughters, Senior Paige Carvajal, uh, who's an excellent passing point guard who can make shots and kind of direct things and of course his daughter the youngest daughter Madison Carver Hall, is one of the top players in the state in the class of 26 she averaged over 20 last year and she's averaging right about this year and there's great at stealing the ball as well plays at a high pace and can shoot the three as well and a leading scorer for Meadville as she has been for pretty much her entire career with senior Corey Hulser, uh, five six guard who can really shoot the three she had 16 points in the championship game. Also, in addition to her shooting, she can pass it. She was also scoring off good cuts, moving without the ball, and drives a little bit and hit a runner off the glass as well. So, kind of a complete offensive player in Meadville, a team which has aspirations on repeating as Class One state champions. Going to be tough to beat. <clears throat> Excuse me, South Shelby getting to the championship game. Of course, they have two really good juniors that I'm impressed with. Bell Roush, who's been a starter since her freshman year, a five nine forward. Who's just plays just with such a, a tough motor around that basket? Uh, rebounds gets to the, you know, gets to her spots with her just great effort, scores inside, runs the court, and plays much bigger than her 5'9 uh, height would suggest. And at the point guard, Callie McWilliams is a junior. She scored 22 in this championship game, and Callie is a blur. She can really, she's got great speed. She blows by going coast to coast or she'll just, in the half-court offense, she'll just hit you with a first step, then she's at the rim laying the ball in with her right and left hand. She's really really come on strong this year and become one of the uh, real strong point guards that I've seen this season. And then up front also, Charlie Roush, who's Bell's younger sister, is a 5'10 forward, who's kind of a strong physical power player around that basket. And they're a young team, so there's a lot of underclassmen, so they're going to be good. For a little while. In the third place game, Cairo defeated host Salisbury uh, to win third place. Cairo is a team that's a very good class two team, was a quarterfinalist last year. They have one of the better forwards in the junior class, had Macy Harmon. She's a 6'2 forward, more of a finesse player. She gets the ball inside, she keeps the ball up, She's going to score with a nice touch or side. She can step out and hit 15 footers, and she's also a presence on the defensive end. She just uses her length and she'll block shots or she'll just discourage others from just going in the paint as well. Very Mm -hmm. impressive young post player. Avery Brumley is a junior point guard who really could pass the ball well and did a nice job shooting. Avery Martin does a good job alongside Harmon inside, gives him a nice – uh, dynamic duo at the forward position. Well, if if uh, Macy's inside, Avery can go to that high post area and hit a 15-footer, or she can drive it along the baseline or rebound from the weak side and get an offensive board. And Olivia Cross is a sophomore's guard who had a nice little mid-range jumper, good foot from the middles, and a quick first step around that, uh, uh, from that perimeter to get to the basket. Salisbury, the host. Uh, they were led by a young lady named Emerson Hammonds, a five nine senior who, uh, who's on a long athletic guard who can uh, does a good job defensively. She's on the perimeter, she can disrupt, get steals and deflections, or she'll go out and block a shot. She also shoots the ball well from three. Julia Sloan's their best player for me to watch. She's five seven, but she plays like she's six two. She's got strong physical, good moves, good footwork around the basket, or she does a nice job, can step out hit a little 15, 17-foot jumper or pass it as well, hit a cutter. And Tori Ricketts is their point guard, a 5'4 junior who's got a lot of speed and can shoot a, a step-back three to open the game and really kind of plays with a lot of tempo, keeps things going at a nice uh, healthy pace for Salisbury. <clears throat> so in the fifth-place game, it was uh, Glasgow defeating uh, Carrollton, uh, Glasgow had a young lady named Hallie Femiler, and if that Femiler name is familiar, of course, it is. You heard it, Jeff. Uh, her older br- her brother in the other in the boys' team is the star player. While Hallie uh, is a tremendous player as well on the ground, she's just a sophomore. Jordan, excuse me, is her uh, brother's name, but. Uh, Hallie is a very good player in her own right. 5'9", real good athlete. She scored 34 points in this particular fifth-place game. I watched her at the Higbee Summer Shootout, too. That's the first time I got a chance to do her, watch her play. And uh, she's got three-level scoring abilities. She can hit threes, but she's good when she gets in the open court where she can use that speed and athleticism. I bet she's really good in track and field if she wanted to because she's got a lot of, like you say, speed, athleticism. She can, you know, jumping well and. uh a good all-around player. Inside, a fellow sophomore, Carson Massey, uh, is a good uh, up-and-coming player. She's developing, uh, just starting. You know, I watched her at the Higby tournament, and you can tell she catches the ball, and uh, uh, she could score around that basket. I think she has some potential as well. Another good sophomore was on Carrollton's team. That would be Taylor Pearson, a five-nine sophomore. I watched her as a freshman last year in the same Salisbury tournament, and she's a good athlete who's uh, good on both ends of the court and uh, does a nice job slashing to the basket and get reverse layups and short jumpers and a very impressive young player. In the last game, it was Paris against Marceline, and Paris defeated them in seventh place. They have two very good young players as well. Melanie Moore was just a freshman, but she really put on a show. She had 22 points, but really was lightened up from three-point range from all parts of the court. She had four threes on the game, and Reese Sutton, is a sophomore 5'9", a good all-around player. If she wasn't shooting the three, she was slashing to the basket, making steals, and kind of a a good all-around player. Does an excellent job for Paris. So, So two good players to build your team around. Marceline, who played, finished in eighth, has a good, talented junior named Natalie Pennington as well has been a starter since her freshman year of course last week's an episode uh, our last episode we uh talked to sophie cunningham about the sophie cunningham classic was one of the uh, i think it was episode eight uh one of the best uh, uh all girls events that you're going to see in the midwest region and we had a great talk with sophie and her sister Lindsay and uh, brad hayes as well and of course they had a great event Three days, 17 games, and I'm going to give you some of the highlight performers from this particular event as well. Of course, we'll start with one of the best in the state, Jada Porter of Rockbridge, in one of the first games against Booker T. Washington, the 6'4 sophomore. And listen to this, 28 points, 8 rebounds, 3 blocks, 4 steals. Jada does it all and you know at six four she dominates in the paint but she can also uh, pass and make teammates better. Zoe Best is five ten senior forward out of Incarnate Word Academy, who's who's really had a great season. Uh, she had eighteen points, six rebounds, five assists and five steals, and a seventy forty five win over Park Hill South. Jordan Spicer, excuse me, Spicer, the six foot junior sharpshooter out of uh, Lutheran St. Charles, they played Booker T. Washington on day number two in a big win. She had 27 points and had eight rebounds. And she was joined by 6'2 sophomore Kennedy Stowers. She had 20 points and grabbed seven rebounds against Booker T. Washington. Boberly played Centralia. Uh, came away with a big victory over Centralia, 69-46, and it was kind of a, a rematch uh, from the uh, earlier Centralia tournament when Centralia won the first game to win that championship. And in the second game, it was all Morbally and it was Asa Fanning, the six-foot guard, headed to William Jewell, I believe. She six-foot forward, had 21 points, and then Asa Fanning, the three-level buckets, 5'10 guard, headed to Murray State had 18 points, 12 rebounds, and 6 assists. So, big win for Moberly over a a local team and two two real good mid-Missouri teams. A couple of small school young ladies who uh, stepped up into the spotlight. Uh, Emma Fisher out of Harrisburg had 15 points and 13 rebounds in a victory over North Shelby. And Olivia Shaw out of Montgomery County also had a double-double, 10 points and 10 rebounds in a victory over Southern Boone county Adeline kelling out of jefferson city helias she had 22 points six rebounds and three blocks big time performer there uh division one player they played parkway south and adeline of course recently became helias's all-time leading scorer as well so congratulations to adeline kelling and tipton the defending class two state champions had a big win over northeast cairo in this event won by 28 points and it was a couple of young players Ava Schlotzhauer, the 5'10", uh, sophomore forward, had 23 points, 13 rebounds. You know, a tough lefty around that basket. Does an excellent job. And then Charlie Bailey, an outstanding guard, had 21 points and 5 assists and was the player of the game. So let's look at girls' high school Basketball around the state. Now, what we're going to do is we got our college spotlight. We haven't had a college spotlight in a couple of shows, so we're going to uh, spotlight a number of college kids that who've really done well around the state. We're going to concentrate on athletes from the state of Missouri at the Division One level, and uh, there's so many uh, that are doing a good job. I just wanted to bring them to your that to your attention as well. First, we're going to start with the women's basketball athletes from Division One. There's a couple of young ladies who are playing for Baylor University, a team out of the Big 12. It's having a great season. They won their first 14 games. I believe they just lost their first game, if I'm not mistaken, but they had won 14-0, and 0, and they're obviously ranked in the top 10. And two girls from the state are doing a nice job. One is Bella Fauntleroy out of Springfield, Kickapoo. She was Miss Basketball a couple of years back, six 6'2 sophomore. She's averaging 11 points, five rebounds, and shooting 45% from three and 51% from two. Watched part of the game on TV against TCU. She erupted for 21 points, had a great game as well. Just a very talented, talented player. Of course, her dad, William, was one of the big-time athlete for that Missouri State team that got to the Sweet 16, uh, playing for Steve Alford, uh, oh, 20 25 years ago as well. Asia Blackwell from Whitfield, a six-foot guard. Also with Baylor, she's averaging 9 points, 7 rebounds a game as well. So congratulations on those two young ladies have the Baylor Bells Bear Bears nationally ranked. Two really good players are playing for Western Illinois out of the Ohio Valley Conference. They're currently 11-3-1. and three. One, We got one of the top, most productive freshmen in the country uh, is Regan McCowan out of Lebanon, a 5'11 forward. She's come in gangbusters. Uh, 17.9 points, almost 18 points a game, averaging seven rebounds, shooting 50% from the field, 42% from three-point range. She had a She's already hit two 30-point uh, two games. She had a game, 21 points, 13 rebounds against Seymour. She's coming in as a freshman doing work in the OVC at Division One. Excellent work. And then Addie Brownfield, her teammate out of Booneville. Of course, she led Booneville to a, a Class 4 state championship in, uh, I believe it was 21, I believe, the COVID year. A great player as well, averaging 11 and a half a game, 5.6 rebounds and nearly four assists a game as well. So Western Illinois doing an excellent job, 11 and three with two Missouri girls, uh, helping to lead the way. Another one of the top freshmen in the country we've seen is Natalie Potts, a former star player at Incarnate Word Academy, doing big things at Nebraska. They're 11 and four. And she's already been the Big Ten Freshman of the Week four times this year. So I guess we just need to call it big, the Natalie Potts Big Ten Freshman of the Week Award because she's got a stranglehold on that award as well. And for good reason. She's averaging 11.5.6 rebounds and shooting 60% from the field and 81% from the free throw line for Nebraska. One of her big games on New Year's Eve, she has 17 points, 13 rebounds, and a win over Maryland as well on New Year's Eve. And uh, Natalie knows something about winning. She led the incarnate word to three consecutive state championships and a big part of that winning streak that they've been on for the last three seasons. In the Missouri Valley Conference, Deanna Wilson, a 6'2 senior forward out of place for Illinois State, she played for Cardinal Ritter College Prep, and she was also an All-American at Mobley era Area Junior college, and now she's had an heck of a career in the normal. She's currently averaging fourteen point six rebounds and shooting fifty percent from the field. Just a consistent double figure score, and she was an All Missouri Valley Conference player last year, and on her way to do some similar things this year. And the University of Missouri uh, having a very solid season as well, and they got three very talented young ladies from the Show Me State uh, putting in work for them. Of course, Haley Frank from Stratford, of course. Led them to four state titles in a row during her career. that ended up being five total. But Haley Frank Jr. Averaging 16 points a game. Seven rebounds. Of course, she can really shoot it from three. Hitting a lot of threes at 37%. Ashton Judd out of West Plains, of course, who was a sophomore, led West Plains to the state title two seasons back, had a good freshman year last year, and as a sophomore averaging 13 points and six rebounds a game. And then Grace Slaughter from Grain Valley, who's a great player out of the Kansas City area as just a freshman, really making her mark early, averaging 11 points and three rebounds a game, uh, shooting 35% from three-point range. So that's some of the top women's players that we've seen at the Division I level. Now let's go to the men's side. Of course, if you watched the Pac-12 tournament, or Pac-12 games. You've seen Caleb Love for the University of Arizona, the Wildcats, of course, the former CBC, McDonald's All-American. They're 12-3 and 3 and ranked in the top five. Caleb is averaging 17 points, five rebounds, uh, shooting 86% from the free throw line and three assists, and uh, probably had the dunk of the year, Uh, A couple of weeks ago, if you've seen it, one of the big dunks of the year against Utah, he took off from somewhere near Tucson, maybe it was Tempe, and flew in and uh, dunked the ball as well. So Caleb, of course, a transfer from North Carolina, helped lead the Tar Heels to the national championship game two seasons ago with a big-time shooting spree in the postseason, hoping to do similar things for Arizona. Now, Austin P. Uh, coached by Corey Gibson. Of course, he's a CMO. He's from the Boot Hill area. They have a host of players from the state of Missouri who have done a nice job uh, so far for Austin Pia, a team that had a big road win at Southern Illinois University. Uh, during the non-conference season. Of course, the best is Demarcus Harkey Sharp. They call him Harkey. Demarcus Sharp, a 3 senior guard. He's averaging 17.7 rebounds, four assists, and two steals. Leads them in everything. Leads the governors in just about every category. Former Charleston high star. Right behind him, Jamonte Black out of Rockbridge High School, part of that 2019 Class Six State Championship team. Really shoots the three. He averaging hits 39%. He hits 6'3s against SIU Carbonell in that win. He's averaging 11 points and three rebounds. Desi Jones, of course, from Hannibal High School. He played at Moberly as well for the great Pat Smith. I used to call him Hannibal Buckets. Uh, He's averaging 11 points and three rebounds a game. He's a transfer from Pack. Did an excellent job there back east. Isaac Haney. Young man from Kickapoo High School who had missed some time, and he's just getting back in the lineup. Of course, he is part of that Kickapoo 21, Class 21 state championship team, Class 6. He's averaging about 10 a game. Des White out of Jefferson City, Helias, who was averaging 9 points as a freshman, had a great career, have scored over 2,000 points at, at Helias. Uh, he uh, led him to the state Final Four as a senior, uh, runner-up finish. And uh, Savon Witt out of Raytown South High School played at Lincoln University Division II, then transferred up, averaging about seven points a game. So Corey Gibson just bringing in Missouri talent bringing them all over to Tennessee, and they're having a good season. One more local uh, in-state player, Ryan Kalkbrenner out of Creighton, the big seven-footer out of Trinity, class of 20 uh, player. One of the best big men in the country last year, and then continues as well. He's averaging about 16 points a game, 7 rebounds, 64% from the field. But, of course, uh, one of the premier shot blockers in all of America. He was as a high school player. He did it at the AAU. He was the EYBO defensive player of the year. And, of course, uh, he's doing it at the collegiate level as well. Helped lead Creighton to the Elite Eight of the NCAA tournament last year as well so that's some of the great players from the state of missouri who are doing it at the division one level and our next show or i'm sure after that one of the future shows we're going to start hitting uh division two and division three and what the players are doing as well before i close the show i want to talk about two uh my favorite two college teams uh, that i do broadcast for it was a good week for them as well. Uh, my St. Louis University Billikens, who I do the radio color for, and Lindenwood University, where I attended and played at. I do some ESPN Plus games on the on the cable TV. And our, our two teams have been struggling a little bit in conference play. We dropped a couple of early conference uh, losses, but both teams had Big wins this year. Very exciting to watch both of them. First, of course, was uh, the Billikens. St. Louis U played St. Joe's out of Philadelphia. And it didn't look good that for, for a while on Wednesday, the Billikens were trailing 37-17. We were trailing by 20 points midway through the second half, but really stormed back and came away with a very exciting play. Uh, Eighty-eight, eighty-five victory. It was a lot of fun. The Schaefer started to rock as the Billikens really, uh, really fought back and uh, made a great effort to win that game. Gibson Jimerson, who's had a tremendous career, had twenty-seven points. He had seven threes. He had six of those in the second half. Twenty-four points in the second half, and it was a career-high seven three pointers, tied a career-high, and he was just on fire in the second half. It was it was fun to watch. Tim Dalger, the six-seven senior transfer from Tulsa, had a huge second half. Had at 17 points and Bradley is a as my partner Bob Ramsey calls the big easy had a big second half had missed a lot of the first half with foul trouble but really came on strong in the second half and Sean Medley the precocious freshman from New Jersey had a 7 7 Assists, five rebounds, but four big free throws in the last 10 seconds to kind of close the deal. So, uh, just a big victory, there, and a well needed victory, too, as well, after dropping a tough win at George Mason. And you got two tough wins coming up at Dayton, at VCU, coming up on the road. They're kind of the two bellwethers re- uh, recently of the Atlantic 10 Conference. So, it was a exciting win at Schaefitz. A couple of nights later, I turned on my TV on ESPN Plus and to take a look at Lindenwood, and they go. To uh, Kate or to play SEMO and Kyle Gerdeman's team. Kyle, of course, went to SEMO, and he was kind of a homecoming for him. And uh, not only did he go home, he came back with a dub. He's back in St. Charles with a big victory and it was a tremendous win for Linda Woods, 74-65. And uh, it was one of the great, a great individual performance by Keenan Cole, a six seven senior forward who scored 42 points and had 11 rebounds in this road win. He had 21 points in the first half and 21 points in the second half. It was a remarkable performance on the road by a very talented combo forward. He was doing it inside, outside, getting to the free throw line, A tremendous performance. and somebody that's been part of Lindenwood basketball for over 40 years, Keenan is definitely, if not the most talented player I've seen in a Lindenwood uniform. The young man can do it all, and at 6'7", he's just been fun to watch and fun to broadcast as well. So hopefully continued success for Travis Forge Billigans and uh, Kyle Gerdeman's Lindenwood Lions. Uh, Those are big victories that were definitely needed as well at this stretch of the season. So that's going to close up another edition of the Earl Time Podcast. Look forward to talking more high school basketball and college basketball as uh, we're into the 2024 and uh, really getting into the exciting part of the season. Of course, I'd like to thank our sponsors, TW Constructors as well for their continuous support of our endeavors. And once again, I'd love to thank our very young and talented Producer Richard Austin Jr. does a tremendous job as well. Look forward to the next episode, but until then, we'll talk to you soon.